Hey guys, welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I am your host, Merritt Beck. I am a fashion and lifestyle blogger. And on this podcast, I'm talking about all things life, work, and love as a single woman in my 30s. I feel like it's been an entire lifetime since I recorded last week. It has been so busy around here. I think I mentioned and told you guys what was on my schedule last week. I had something literally every night from Tuesday until a Sunday. So very busy. I had a really relaxing day yesterday, which definitely needed. But yeah, last week, every night I had some social commitment, which was so fun. I saw a bunch of people last week. It felt good to catch up with friends right before the holidays. I do have a similar schedule this week, Wednesday and Thursday. I don't have plans, but pretty much every other night this week and weekend, I have something going on. It's just that time of year and I'm, you know, loving it, but it is, it does make me pretty run down by the end of the week. And so yesterday I, I went to brunch, but then after brunch, I pretty much just laid on the couch and watched TV all day with my dog. And it was, it was wonderful. I did want to recap some of the little plans I had last week. So on Wednesday, I hosted a little holiday happy hour for some of my college friends And it was super casual, but I did want to play hostess. So I dressed up. I wore my uh, velvet nap dress. It was the emerald green one. And I felt very festive in that. And then I made some sausage cheese balls. I made a little charcuterie and cheese board plate thing. I also made those festive kitchen cookies. I think I mentioned that last week. They sell this frozen cookie dough that is fantastic. And I got the red velvet ones, which felt very festive and colorful. Um, But those were a hit. And anyway, it was just a few of us, but it was still fun to get together and celebrate because like I've said in episodes past, it's just hard to get people together. And a couple of these friends have kids now and another friend is busy doing wedding planning stuff. So it was nice to be able to catch up and see them all before we go our separate ways for the Christmas holiday. But since the holiday happy hour, we actually made another plan. We're getting together to celebrate my friend Courtney's birthday tomorrow for lunch. So that will be fun and another another chance to see them before Christmas. And speaking of lunch, I had the best lunch with Emma Golden. She writes Emma's Thing and she's on Instagram at Emma's Thing. And we met at Il Bracco on Thursday. It was actually a very warm day. And so we sat outside, had quite a bit of wine with our lunch, and we ended up staying for over two hours and had the best time. And I met her for the first time on the Bat on Paper podcast stage. They had a live show here a few years ago in Dallas, and we were both guests. And so I think that's originally how I met her. But Emma is also a great friend of Amy Jackson, who is an influencer friend of mine. And we reconnected earlier this year, and it's been so fun getting to know her better. And if you don't follow Emma already, you can check her out at Emma's Thing on Instagram. Emma is hilarious and so sweet and I had the best time with her and hoping we can, I'd love to have her on the podcast at some point too, because she really is so funny. And then Friday night, I had dinner with my friend Alyssa and two women, I want to say girls, but we're all adults now, so that feels weird, but <laughs> two two ladies who came to my meetup in November, uh, we all went to Park House for dinner and kind of stayed there for drinks after and it was so much fun. I had a, a late night that night, let's just say that. Um, And then Saturday night, I hosted a few girls for Mahjong, which this was my second lesson. And it went a lot faster this time. It took like a game or two to really get into it. And then it was like really fast. We were moving along. The games just went a lot faster and I felt confident and I actually won a game. So I'm thrilled about that. I feel like I've made a lot of progress and I'm really excited now that I've, I feel like I've figured it out and can keep playing games and maybe play with a bunch of other people. And I told my mom I'd help teach her as well. And I think I've got the hang of it now. So hopefully I'll be able to do that over Christmas. And I know my friend Rachel wants to learn as well. So it's just like such a popular thing to do here in Dallas and Austin. I don't know if that's true of everywhere else, but uh, I'm glad to finally know how to play. In other news, last week, I finally nailed down my New Year's Eve plans Last year, I stayed in Dallas and went to Park House with a bunch of my friends, which was really fun, but I wanted to do something different and mix it up this year. My friend Patty, who lives in New York, but I mentioned she was in Dallas for the art fair last month, uh, suggested we go to Austin, which obviously is where I'm from, and that's easy for me to get to. And she is a member at Soho House in New York, which extends privileges at other locations. And there's now a Soho House in Austin. 
and they are having a big party at the Austin club. So I'm going to go down for Christmas and I think I'm going to come back uh, the Monday after Christmas and kind of do some work. And then I'm going to take Reese's to Bevel Dog Behavior and board her, I think from the 29th through the 2nd. And I the really the only reason I was going to do that is because it seemed like kind of a hassle to drive back and forth twice to Austin with all of her stuff. Plus, it'll be sort of a nice vacation for me to take a break for a few days. But I'm actually very excited about these New Year's Eve plans. I haven't been to the Soho House in Austin yet, so I'm looking forward to checking that out. And obviously, like I said before, it's really easy for me to get to. I have somewhere free to stay. I don't have to like pay for a flight or buy a hotel room or anything like that. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I I don't really have any expectations this year other than, you know, I'm doing something different and going somewhere else. Uh, I always find New Year's Eve to be underwhelming. I you know, we work ourselves up for such a fun night and then it always ends up being (laughs) not as fun as you think it's going to be. But maybe because it's something different that I'm doing and I haven't spent New Year's Eve in Austin in a long time. I used to go to parties in Austin all the time over New Year's. There were some guys my age that went to UT that would always plan these killer parties. But um, obviously, haven't been to one of those in a long time. I don't think they do those anymore, (laughs) but this should be fun. As of today, I am on week five of the Fierce at Home program in the Sweat app. So I wanted to give you guys an update. I am really enjoying this workout so far. They've been very challenging, but they go by really fast and they're actually very short. I think when I did BBG slash high intensity, most of the workouts took 30 minutes to 45 minutes to complete. But these I'm pretty much finishing in 20 to 35 minutes and I've been doing them four days a week. The fourth day is optional, but since these workouts aren't very long, I figured I could use the fourth day and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. The variety is great. I think I mentioned this earlier, but one day might just be a full body strength training and it's usually a mix of strength moves and cardio moves. And then another day might be an AMRAP as many rounds as possible. Another day might be uh, Tabata. So 20 seconds on 10 seconds off. It's just, it's a good variety each week. I've, like I said, I'm on week five and I already am noticing some small changes, which is really exciting because like I said in a past episode, I've just been feeling like in a rut with working out and like I'm not seeing any progress doing what I was doing. So it's exciting to see that progress again. I've certainly got some weight to lose, but I can feel my core and other areas getting stronger. And like I said, I am noticing some small changes in terms of how my clothes are fitting, which is very exciting. But I've been really busy the last few weeks, so I haven't done really anything more than the workouts in this program. I haven't really done the running like I said I wanted to do. I still really want to dive back into that. But with my schedule being so busy these couple weeks before Christmas, it's been nice to have the quick workouts. And I don't I feel like I'm getting something done, even if it's not a ton done. So maybe after the holidays, I'll get back into running. But if I do the egg freezing thing again, that'll be delayed. So maybe I'll just wait until after that. I don't know. I need need somebody to kick my ass into gear for that. But at least I'm doing the Fierce at Home program and I'm doing that four days a week. I have been adding a couple of the Peloton walk and run classes in, shorter ones. I did one yesterday, but otherwise I'm I'm really happy with how this is going, slow but steady, and I'll report back with more progress. <laughs> in other news, I wanted to mention this if you're in Dallas, Lucky Dog Barkery is this store in Preston Center and as you can probably guess, it is basically a dog store. They have everything you could ever need. They have food, treats, toys, beds, uh, water bowls, but they also have costumes, Christmas sweaters. Christmas themed everything. And I stopped in there before lunch with Emma on Thursday because it's right down from Il Bracco. I found the cutest stuff. I got two Christmas sweaters for Reese's. I got a velvet collar that has these jingle bells on them. It is hilarious and she looks so cute. I'm going to force her to wear it when we're in Austin. So show off her new finds. And then There's this uh, dog toy that's dog nog. And then there's another one that's like a gingerbread man with a missing leg (laughs) because obviously a dog might have eaten it. It's so cute, but highly recommend that store if you're looking for dog toys or treats to give your dog for Christmas. So many cute things. I haven't done like an industry news update lately, but something exciting came out this week. So I figured I'd tell you guys about it in case you missed it. 
Instagram announced that they will be giving users an option to revert back to the reverse chronological order feed option next year. So if you recall, when Instagram first launched, when you logged into Instagram, you'd see the very latest posts of the people you were following on the app. So the most recent posts would show up at the top of your home feed. A few years later, though, Instagram changed the algorithm to feature items on your feed they thought you would like versus what was actually most recent. So you might see certain people on your feed more than others, or for example, you might see an influencer's post from two days ago at the top of your feed because it's getting a lot of engagement, even if one of your best friends posted just a few minutes prior. I personally would prefer to see things the original way in reverse chronological order because that way you're not missing any content. And right now, my followers, about only 20% of my followers see my content regularly due to the current algorithm. And I would love for most of my followers to be able to see my content on there since, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into our content on Instagram. And I think the same can be said for stories. Instagram stories used to show the people that updated most recently. And I'm hoping they'll also make this change on stories because I know my stories are not showing up for people anymore because people have told me that. And it's frustrating. So I'm excited about this change for the feed. I am very thrilled about it. And it's apparently going to take effect some point in early 2022. And it kind of sounds like users will be given the option on whether they want to see their feed in reverse chronological order or the current way. I'll share more when this change is made um, at the top of the year, but I'd encourage each of you guys to switch it back to reverse chronological order if you like seeing the most recent posts from the people you follow at the top of your feed. I had quite a few of you reach out to ask me to share my thoughts on the Sex in the City reboot. And just like that, it launched on HBO Max last Thursday, and I watched the first two episodes that were available that night. Spoilers ahead, so if you don't want to hear what I have to say, just click forward a few times. I first want to say I hated the first episode. I thought it was sort of cringeworthy how they kind of brought everything back together, talking about the Samantha thing. That just felt super forced and uncomfortable to me. I also thought the interactions with Miranda and her teacher were forced and awkward and cringy. And I know they're trying to be diverse and be inclusive, but I would just think there's probably a better, more effective way to do it that doesn't include making a joke out of it. It just felt that part of it felt kind of cringy and inauthentic to me and felt very forced. And then, of course, the the elephant in the room is big. So at the end of the episode, if you've missed it again, spoilers, skip ahead. Uh, he's on his Peloton and seemingly has a heart attack and dies. I hated this scene so much because can we talk about how Carrie just basically let him die? She didn't even pick up her own phone. She didn't try and run and get anyone. She just was holding him as he was laying dying on the shower floor. That is so unrealistic. No one would do that. I just uh, like they could have come up with a better like he could have just already been dead. I don't know. I hated that scene with a passion and it made me question everything, whether I was going to like any of the future episodes. So the first episode I really did not like. And I do think it was smart of them to do the two episodes instead of just doing the first episode, because I think that would have set them up for failure if they had just done that first episode and released that alone. Because the second episode, I felt like redeemed the first one a little bit. It was much better. I thought they got the kind of weird stuff out of the way about the transitioning into the new show. I felt like that was finished and we didn't have to think about it anymore. So hopefully now that they've like developed the newer characters a little bit in the second episode and we're sort of getting a picture of what's going to start happening Hopefully it'll be good. I, I am excited about this show. I loved Sex in the City and I, I do hope it'll be good. But that first episode was bad. So we'll see what the next ones bring to the table. A couple of things I thought that were interesting. I, I like that Charlotte's one of her daughters is more of a tomboy. We haven't gotten I don't know if there's any other information about her daughter, that character yet. But I enjoyed that because Charlotte's such like a preppy uptight woman. I think it it could be a funny dynamic going forward and provide some interesting storylines there. I also really enjoyed seeing Miranda and Steve in a like more progressed in their relationship because 
as you know, in the movies, it was very dramatic, their relationship and getting back together. Uh, So I really enjoyed seeing them in their parent roles to a teenager. Their son, Brady, you know, is having a lot of sex and they don't know what to do about it. So that was sort of funny. And now that Big's dead, that opens up a lot of opportunities for Carrie again, which obviously we need if the show is going to be any good. She's got to have opportunities to date and to talk about these things on this podcast she's doing. That's also an interesting angle. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed it gets better. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts about it, though. So I'm going to put up a question box on the at Beck and Call podcast Instagram stories this week. Go follow and then tell me what you think and I'll share and see kind of what the consensus is from everybody. Since we're on the subject of TVs and movies and stuff, I watched another movie this week. My friend Grace posted about this on her stories yesterday about some movies she'd watched recently. And one of those was called Silent Night. And I had never heard of it, but it's a new movie on Amazon and it's starring Kira Knightley, Matthew Good, Annabelle Wallace, and several other really, really great actors and actresses. The cast is honestly fantastic, and I loved their dialogue. I thought that they all had great chemistry together. But this movie caught my attention in particular because of the plot line. So this is a spoiler alert. Obviously, fast forward if you don't want to hear, again, my synopsis. But it's about a group of friends and families coming together to celebrate Christmas before an impending apocalypse. I swear I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I do love this kind of plot line in any book, movie, or TV show. I'll be the first to watch anything about an apocalypse or a dystopian future or anything like that. So at the beginning of the movie, they don't really mention it. And so you're sort of following them along as they're prepping for Christmas dinner. There's some casual mentions about something in the future. And there's a scene where the dad is just like letting the chickens run loose and escape. And you're sort of like, why? What's going on? Like, you don't know what's happening. It's just all very casually mentioned. So you're not you don't really get it right away that there's that something bad's going to happen until a little bit later. Because the entire cast is being so nonchalant and chill about it. And you do learn what the reason of the world ending is as you watch the movie. I don't want to spoil it. But the kicker is that the government gives everyone the option of taking a pill to die peacefully rather than a horrific, painful death they say will happen if you don't take the pill. So it's obviously a very dark storyline, but it is certainly a comedy at heart. It was really funny. There were some laugh out loud moments for me. Like I said earlier, the dialogue between the characters is funny because, you know, they're all apparently going to die. They wanted to celebrate Christmas together one, one more time. Secrets come out. You learn some funny things about the characters and their dynamics with each other from the past and present. And it's also sort of a thought-provoking look at how people might handle the end of the world if they knew it was coming. And I thought that was an interesting take on it because a lot of the ones you see with this kind of storyline, they don't know it's coming and then all hell breaks loose and ensues. So I actually really enjoyed this movie and thought it was an interesting take on a Christmas movie. Uh, Again, you don't see Christmas movies like this. They're all cheerful and lighthearted and cheesy. (laughs) And this was not that. It was good, though. And I don't know why it's gotten bad reviews. I thought it was entertaining. It's just not a cheerful Christmas movie. So just know that if you're going to watch it. Now on to books. So after Thanksgiving, I mentioned that on my drive back to Dallas, I started a new audiobook called It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Since I got back from the ranch, I've been really busy and really have only had time for podcasts and catching up on those and less time to listen to audiobooks, but I finally finished it. So I wanted to share. I've got to be honest, I did not love this book or the ending. I definitely have to give a content warning as the plot line focuses on a relationship where domestic violence is occurring. So definitely don't read it if you're triggered by that. Any kind of emotional or physical abuse, it's obvious obviously a scary topic anyway, but if that triggers you, do not read this book. Colleen Hoover is a great writer and this book definitely keeps you on your toes and I wanted to finish it, but I did find myself having some real anxiety while listening to the story. I guess I just haven't listened or read any books that focused on a plot line like this, like with domestic violence, physical, emotional abuse, and regular old thrillers don't usually get me squirmy or anxious like that. 
because I can separate myself, I guess. Um, but this storyline was really uncomfortable for me to listen to personally. Uh, the author goes on to share in the epilogue that this story has many parallels to her own life and her parents' relationship. And I thought that was important to listen to. I'm not sure if everybody who's read the book has listened or read the epilogue for the book, but I think you should if you're going to read it because it might make you, it might help you understand where she was coming from. Because for me, as someone who has never been in an abusive relationship like that, it's easy for me to question why someone would continue a relationship of any kind with someone who hurts them. It's just hard for me to fathom. It's hard for me to picture it. I've never been in that situation. And those were thoughts I was having while reading this book. And the author shared a different perspective through her own personal experiences in the epilogue. And while I don't really share her perspective, it was interesting to hear. And I think it helped frame the story, even though the story itself was fictional. She said it it resembled a lot of her parents' relationship and how it affected her and all of that stuff. So I think it was important to know all of that after reading it. But as I said before, I definitely would not recommend this book if you're all triggered by content featuring emotional or physical abuse. This book was very different from Verity. And I know I mentioned how I loved Verity when I mentioned this book originally, because that's one of my favorite thrillers. And it was such great writing. I loved that book by her. And I think most of her other books are more thriller style like Verity and less like this one. But I'm definitely going to need a palate cleanser after reading this book. Since finishing that Colleen Hoover book, I started a new one and it's called Attached and it's by Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Heller. And it is about romantic attachment styles. And I don't know why, but I feel like I keep hearing about this book from literally everyone. <laughs> I don't know if it's from other podcasts. I can't I can't tell you the sources of this, of where I've heard it, but I swear I've been hearing about this book for so long. And so I decided to finally listen, listen to it. So as I mentioned before, Attached is all about romantic attachment styles in adulthood. So how to decipher which attachment style you have and how that may be working for or against you in romantic relationships. Now, I'm not very far into it yet because I literally started it this morning, but there's a scenario right at the beginning of the book about a girl named Tamara or Tamira and Greg that felt very familiar to me. (laughs) Uh, I definitely had the same anxieties she did when I was dating this one guy back in 2017. I felt like he uh, wasn't texting me enough. He didn't want to make plans enough. I think partly it might be because of my attachment style, but also quality time is my love, one of my big love languages. And he wasn't giving that to me. And so it gave me anxiety. And so I'm wondering if that, uh, I don't know, I haven't gotten that far into it, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, a feeling for what I, <laughs> what I might be already. Um, and I haven't always been like this. Like, I don't remember feeling this kind of anxiety in serious relationships when I was in college and the one that I had a serious relationship after college. And that may be because those guys were giving me what I needed to feel supported. And I just didn't have anxiety because I knew they were into me and wanted to date me. So I'm eager to get further into this book to learn more about my current attachment style as it relates to what I've experienced in adulthood. Like, I wonder if maybe my dad dying when I was in college maybe made me more of an anxious attachment style or I don't know. They mentioned early in the book that, you know, your your life experiences help shape your attachment style. So it'll be interesting to learn more about that. I'll be sure to report back once I read the rest of it. But so far, I'm enjoying it. I I really enjoy anything that has to do with psychology. I, I think I mentioned this, but in college, that was my major. So anything having to do with human behavior, relationships, that kind of stuff is really fascinating to me. So really enjoying this so far. I'm only a couple chapters in. In recent years, I feel like I've been both anxious and avoidant when it comes to relationships, but I I, I sort of wonder if I'm actually just one of those versus the more rare anxious avoidant style. It's like a combo, I guess. So I'm going to keep reading and I will report back. And then I do around like Valentine's Day, I want to do an episode on the love languages. I eventually want to do an episode on the Enneagram personality types. So stay tuned. I really enjoy learning about that kind of stuff. 
Also, I wanted to let you guys know I'm doing a bonus episode next week just to give you guys a a little Christmas present. I am going to do a regular weekly episode on Tuesday and then a special episode will air on Thursday and it is going to be a Q&A exclusive. So the entire episode, I will be spending answering your questions on literally any topic. You can submit questions by calling into the hotline at 214-620-0473 or by emailing me info at beckandcallpodcast.com. And I plan to answer as many as I can, but any question I don't get to will be answered in a future episode. So if you're new to listening, I usually answer two questions at the end of every episode. So stay tuned. I'm excited to do my first bonus episode. I hope you guys like it. Um, But definitely call in and submit questions this week. I'm planning to record on Thursday. So call in today, tomorrow, get your questions in. back, I announced that my assistant Liza got engaged and I thought it would be fun to hear from her. She's already full steam ahead in the wedding planning process. I'm sure you guys can imagine things have been slightly crazy with COVID weddings being delayed. You know, a lot of people got engaged during the pandemic. So things are really, really busy and hard to book. And so I wanted to hear from her, see how it all, how it's all going and generally how she's feeling about all the wedding planning so far. So with that, let's jump into a conversation with Liza. All right. So we have Liza here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to make an appearance this soon, but yeah. well, you know, we need, we need content and you've got some yes. good, you've got some good intel for us because you just got engaged like a month ago. Yeah. It feels I mean, like it's weird. Cause I feel like I've been engaged for a while now, but yeah, it's been about two months. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how the proposal went down and did you know it was coming? What did you, what did you have in mind? Yeah. So I definitely knew it was coming. Um, I mean, me and Heather have been dating for about six years now. So we've had like that conversation for about a year, but I honestly kind of thought it was coming in the spring, but it was probably three weeks before I got engaged that my mom said something that kind of tipped me off. And like, if y'all know my mom, if anyone's listening, (laughs) that you know that she's just like not very good with secrets and can't kind of like keep things like that to herself. So she said something that kind of tipped me off. And then from there, I like little things started happening. Like Hunter got a piece of mail that was addressed to him from this jeweler that I knew. And I was like, Uh (laughs) something's up. And then he, I just could like sense his energy was really, really nervous. Probably like a week or two before, like he kept just, I don't know. I could just like sense that something was off. And so, yeah, so I knew something was coming And my brother lives in LA and he was coming in town into Houston for my sister's baby shower. And, you know, like most baby showers, it's just girls. Right. And so I was that felt fishy. Right. And I was like, this is weird. And he's, it's, it was really close to Thanksgiving too. So like there wouldn't be a reason why he'd be coming. Yeah. Um, And so then I kind of, from that point on, I knew it was happening, but I kind of thought it was going to happen Sunday morning, which it was, it was supposed to happen Sunday morning because my sister's shower was on Saturday and then her husband's birthday was Saturday night. And so I was like, there's no way he does it Saturday. We, we're not going to take away from her baby shower. Right, yeah. right, right. And so I just kind of wasn't expecting it to happen on Saturday, but it did. And we were coming back from my brother-in-law's birthday and we were about to go to another friend's Halloween party because it was Halloween weekend. And we just like went to get drinks and I had... Or my phone was upstairs. It was charging. And we were downstairs just getting espresso martinis because that's like our favorite drink. And I had like mentioned before that I really wanted to take a picture of this tree. I don't know if you're from Houston, you know, the Houstonian, they have this giant tree that they cover from like limb to limb in lights. And I had been saying that I really wanted to take a picture of this tree, like the blogger in front of it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Just like really needed the picture of this tree. And so I kind of took that opportunity to go at that point. And I don't know if like he really knew he was going to do it then. And he had the ring in his or pocket. felt like the right moment right, just because right. the he, stars had aligned for that. Right. And so he just kind of like, I don't know, he took it on. I was taking a picture of the tree and I was kind of bent down and I could sense that he was, was also oh down no. <laughs> behind me. And I was like, 
but like in my head in that moment, it was like, I don't want to think that and then turn around and, and then not, not be, and yeah. be upset about it. Right. So I, when I turned around, I was like, okay, if he's not, then like, it's, fine. it's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. But then he was, and he said a ton of stuff that I do not remember. <laughs> so I just like, it's a blur. It is a blur. I like, I was, it was such an adrenaline rush that yeah. I kind of blacked out in that moment, but obviously crying and whatnot. And it was just us two, which I really appreciated and wanted. We kind of had a few conversations about like what I would want in that moment. And I, you know, said one thing I really was big on is I didn't want a photographer. Yeah. And I know that's like shocking to a lot of people because I feel like right now. Not not everybody loves candid photography. I'm one of those people. I I would like to know when I'm being photographed so I can at least prepare. It's hard to make that a surprise too. If you want to know you're taking photos. Right, right. And I just, yeah, I just kind of wanted it to be us too. So I'm like really happy that it turned out that way. But um, yeah, and then we had a brunch with our families the next morning. Yes, it worked out well. And now I think I told you this already, but your sister actually texted me on Thursday. So you came into the office Friday and Mm -hmm. left a little early that day. But she texted me Thursday and was like, hey, can Liza have Monday off? Hunter's going to propose this weekend. Just wanted to check. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Am I supposed to keep the secret? Which is (laughs) like, what? So it was so sweet. And you played it off so well, like. Everyone in my family, like that weekend, because they had Friday and Saturday and every little thing that they said, like was just something that they wouldn't say. You could tell they were all yeah. nervous too. And you were like the one person who played it off really well. Cause I tried Friday, to be a good actress. Right? I did my best, but yes. it I was mean, hard. It was hard. And then, um, before you came back, I, uh, this is dumb, but I went to Swoozie's and I tried to find some good stuff to like decorate your desk. Mm-hmm. And I got these balloons and. They, they said that you could do helium or just regular air. And so I got right. them. They're not regular air balloons. I tried to blow them up. It was yeah. such a fail, but I ended up getting to decorate your desk, no, which was fun. It was, it was <laughs> so. perfect. And it was so sweet because I like wasn't expecting that either. It was just, it was so nice. What was the very first thing you decided on once you got engaged? So we had like talked about before, kind of like a little bit here and there about like where, We'd want to get married. I feel like every couple kind of does that. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of putting it out there. And Hunter's family, actually, he has a big connection to Vermont, which is kind of random for someone from Texas. But y'all have been a couple of times before. Yes. We went in fall of 2020. And then we went this past summer with my family, actually. And we both just fell in love with it. And there was this one venue that we were obsessed with. And Hunter's uh, grandmother actually used to tend to the garden there. So it was something really special to him. And we, that was like the first place in our mind. But when we called to see, you know, just like what dates they had available, they were like, we're booked all of 2022. And so that was like, the, the deciding first, factor. Yeah. The yeah. first thing out of the gate, of course, we were like that. It was such a big bummer in the moment. And, but we hadn't even really gotten to any planning yet. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like something that like we had to work around or whatever, but our second option that we are just talking about was Fredericksburg. And I got the okay from my parents to tell people this, but they're building a house in Fredericksburg, which they won't start on until probably February. They're still kind of finalizing some plans here and there. And so We knew that that was going to be a special place for us growing up. And, you know, they're kind of using it as like a retirement, a place to retire. And so there's like, I don't, it's just going to be a place that we know. You're going to go to a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Really special. And actually I need to connect you with my friend Courtney because her parents have a home at at this place. Yes. 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 And so she, I don't know if she could, would be able to help you in any, yeah, give you any yeah. advice or if connect your parents a, or whatever. Yes. If anyone has a house at Boot Ranch that they aren't using the weekend of October 22nd, <laughs> let us have let it. us know. Yes. Cause we're kind of trying to see if we can get, you know, bridesmaids and groomsmen to stay there. Right. So that Versus having to like place. transport everybody. That's right. always hard. Right. And so, and you know, I grew up going to Camp Mystic, which is in Hunt, Texas and is down the road from Very Fredericksburg. Close. So we, we both, me and Hunter, both love the hill country and fall is such a good time for that area too. Cause it's always a little cooler. Yeah. Reese's is walking. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be probably making some noise. She's been napping all day. So apologies in advance. But anyways, so Fredericksburg is where we decided. So and exciting. Yeah. Which like, I mean, just, I feel like that in itself kind of sets the tone for what your wedding is and what you that's when you sort of decide the rest you got to get the venue figured out before you figure out the flowers and greenery and maybe the bridesmaid dress colors and all of that stuff so yeah we decided on location and then from there we 
found out the different dates that were available. We yeah. picked from those and we decided we wanted to do fall because summer weddings in Texas so are so hot, brutal, so hot. And, you know, men in Texas, because we want to do black tie. I was just like, it's got to be cool enough. Right. There's I, no other option. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know people who do it, but we are a very hot natured family. Yes. <laughs> we do not like to sweat. So that yes. was really important. And you us. want, you want people to reflect fondly on your yes. wedding and not say, Oh God, it was so it hot. It was so hot. <laughs> right. And cause you say that about a lot of Texas weddings. I mm -hmm. feel like definitely speaking of the clothing, how was shopping for the dress? Did you have any specific silhouettes or fabrics in mind or any designers you loved in particular that you were sure you wanted to check out first? So we, I had a trip planned in New York before I got engaged and it was just to visit some friends who were up there because I don't get to see them very often. And once I got engaged, my mom was like, let's use this as a, you know, wedding dress try on trip. Just so like, fun. Yes, I <laughs> absolutely. Was, I was all for it. And I was definitely wanting to do that. Dallas has really, really good options, but my sister who got married last winter, I kind of went around with her and I've seen a bunch of those dresses. So I kind of wanted to do something different just to see what else was out there. And totally New York, obviously is a great place to go because a lot of the bridal boutiques and designers have their own bridal shops there. And sometimes might have exclusive things they wouldn't right. have in those other stores. Right. So you get to see it all. Exactly. And so we got in at Omsale, which is the first place we went to on Friday, but we were on the waiting list for Bergdorf and Monique Lillier, which are two places I really wanted to go. Bergdorf sure. has, you know, a bunch of designers, but Monique Lillier was one that I, you know, have seen all over Instagram and I just really like the style. Um, she just has like really like flowy, romantic, feminine styles. Totally. That's kind of me. Uh, so I really wanted to go there and we were on the wait list for both of those places up until like an hour before we got to go. For yeah. Monique Lillier, I was sitting at brunch and I had just eaten this giant brunch and I was so <laughs> full and they called us and they said, Hey, we have an opening here in an hour. Can you be here? And me and my mom looked at each other like, yes. Yeah. Like also Make we got to happen. Yeah. We're going to run there. Yeah. <laughs> we just ate these giant meals. Um, but, but it, it was meant to be. Yes. It was yes, meant to be. It was meant to be. And I'm so happy I got to go there. Cause I mean, I loved all of her dresses. They're just all so like lacy and flowy and feminine and the people we worked with were really great. And two of my friends got to come, which was really fun to have another input of someone. I love my mom. She has really great taste, but okay, I'm sorry. Reese's <laughs> you've got to stop. Will you like drag her? Yes, here, here. <laughs> She's so bad. She just keeps running into stuff. Who was with you shopping for the dress and uh, at Monique Lulier? So my two friends who lived in New York got to come with me, which was so fun because I don't really get to see them very often, but there are two people I'm really close with and really uh, respect their style. And my mom has great style too. Like she's always just been really put together, but it was nice having, you know, two younger friends who can give their point of view on, you know, my wedding dress and like have known me for a long time. So that was really fun. Yeah. So before you tried on any dresses, was there one style you wanted to try first or like, did you have a silhouette that you knew you were going to get and it changed when you tried a different one on? Like what, how did that go for you? So I feel like this is kind of how it went when I tried on dev dresses too, right? which is nice. Cause I've kind of been through that trying on like the wedding dress type, but I, for this one, I definitely knew what I wanted because I had been through it before. You're right. And I'm just, you know, older now and kind of know my style. And uh, there was one dress that I really wanted to try on. And then I tried it on. I was like, not this for is you. not for my body type. It's just, you never know. Cause especially right. with models, they're 5'10 and super skinny and I'm like 5'7 and just like I don't have a big chest or anything but I just put it on I was like this does not look the same on me as it did <laughs> on the model which I mean I don't know why I was expecting it was but I feel um, like everyone goes through that that's yes. what you hear is that you have you have a silhouette that you're like really excited about and then you try it on and you're like well that's not yeah, that's you're not like, gonna work <laughs> no it's not gonna work for me but um the the one dress that I ended up picking, I can't say you don't know. Much. You don't have to share. I just I wanted just, to get the before. I like the before stories of like how you, how you get to that dress. Right. So. Right. And so this was like the dress, like a dress I had seen and I knew that I loved. Um, and I mean, with the whole trying on process, there are some that I loved, but it didn't fit with what I wanted my like wedding theme to be or the right. feeling I wanted. Like there were a bunch of really fun, glamorous 
style dresses, I would say that are a little bit more tight fitting. Okay. But because I'm getting married in Fredericksburg, I just like couldn't see myself wearing that with like what like my it, wedding like mood board was kind of looking like. Right. Like super ball gowny formal that you might yeah. see at like the Ritz in Dallas, like right. really like a mermaid style. Like yes. that's a different vibe than in Fredericksburg. You wouldn't exactly. expect to see that, I guess. Yeah. But. And I just, something that like was really important to me, we kind of did this with my sister too. It was like a test. Like, can you raise your arms? Can, yeah. you, <laughs> can you dance around? Can you jump around? And I mean, obviously the dresses are sample sizes, so they don't fit you, but there were some that I really loved the sleeves, but I was like, if I feel raise my arms too yeah. much, like it could rip off or right. whatever the case may be. And so those are important things to think about. So yes. if there are any brides to be who have a wedding dress shop, definitely think about whether you can dance and move around yes. comfortably. Do the YMCA in it. See if you can like really <laughs> move around because I feel like that's so important is yes, you want to look glamorous and fun beautiful. and beautiful, but at the same time, like functionality is Key. so important that yes. day, that night. You just don't want to be uncomfortable. Okay. So this is sort of funny. I don't know how we got on this topic when my friends were here for that holiday thing I had last week, but Mm -hmm. one of my friends told me that her, her now husband asked her to avoid lace wedding dresses. He was fine with any other fabric, but I was surprised to hear that he had such a specific request. So has Hunter surprised you with any opinions or preferences in regard to the wedding so far? Not really. Like he really, like when I was going wedding dress shopping, he didn't say anything about any dress style or whatever. I mean, I think he, you know, like has seen how I dress and trust. Likes that. Yeah, he yeah. likes that. Yeah. Or I don't know, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah. I'm sure he does. But yeah. like, has he said anything about like, does he want a specific kind of food or is he particular? Is there anything he's been particular about yet? I mean, we're both really big foodies. Okay. And so whenever we are talking about you know, menu and like wedding cake and stuff. Like he's like, when are we going to try the cake? Like he's like, I'm on board with that. I would feel the same way. He's super excited for that. And he, I don't know. I kind of was like saying that I, I always miss the groom's cake at everybody's wedding. It's the best one. I don't know why. I just, it's always been something that I've like always missed. Even at my sister's own wedding, he did, John did bread pudding, which is like my favorite. And I was so excited and I totally missed it just because there's so much going on in the night. And I guess, you know, the bride's cake, everyone's around to cut it and they kind of pass it out. Yeah. So I was asking if he wanted to do groom's cake. Or I just, I didn't think he'd want to do it or he wouldn't be that interested in it. And he was like, yes, and it's going to be carrot cake. Like he's like, <laughs> he's he very was, sure about he that. He was sh- like shocked that I was like, maybe we don't do that. And he was like, no, this is like my one thing. But does he want to do like a UT shape? No, I don't no. know. Because usually, don't they usually have they usually like a do some fun- type of theme? I don't I know. saw Yeti cooler once. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen, I've seen a variety of styles with that, but yeah, I don't know what he wants to do with that. Or if he just like wants to just have carrot cake pass out at some point or what the deal is, but we haven't really talked too much about You just that. know it's carrot cake. Yes. He <laughs> wants the carrot cake. That's his favorite. Now, do you have a preference on what like your bride cake flavor is the main one? I mean, I love just like a typical traditional almond almond cake. That's like my favorite flavoring. Like, yeah. like snow cones, I always get wedding cake and yeah. stuff like that. So I think I probably will stick to something almond, but she's talking about, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, snow beach in Austin has yes. a wedding cake flavor. It's delicious. And you can top so it with good. cream. That's what she was referring to. Yes. It's really, really good. And so that's like just a flavor that I like already. That's like one of my favorite flavors, but maybe, I don't know, we'll do something like some type of like raspberry Chantilly cream or Mm, I had a friend who did that and it was so good because the raspberries were like frozen in the middle. Okay. And just had like a nice texture. Yes. Yeah. yeah, It was nice, but we haven't tried any cakes yet. So I really don't know. Do you know when you're going to do that? Is that something you'll have to do through, I guess the, the venue doesn't make it. So you would do it separately, but yeah, well, it depends kind of where you get married. Like our catering, our vendor, our caterer, Right. Is going to be at Boot Ranch, which is where our venue is. And they're doing all of that. But with the cake, I think we're probably going to just find someone from Fredericksburg local, especially because Fredericksburg has so many bakeries. Yeah. Um, I haven't really looked into who does wedding cakes yet, but yeah. that is something on my to-do list. Okay. So what's been the most stressful and or surprising thing about wedding planning so far? Stressful. I mean, we're kind of getting, we haven't gotten very far yet because my wedding is in October. So we have quite some time, which is nice, but I will say something that I know is going to be stressful is our guest list yeah. because we just have so many, so many, so many family friends and 
I like, that was kind of something at my sister's wedding. That's hard because you know, your parents have their friends and you have your friends and then your husband's family, your husband's friends. family's yeah. friends. And my family isn't huge, but Hunter has a pretty big family too. Right. And so just like, I think narrowing down the guest list will probably be a challenge, really tough. Yeah. But thankfully, like we both went to UT, so we have a lot of mutual friends. And so I feel like in the friend department, that won't be as tough, but definitely like family and extended family friends and right. stuff like that will be a little harder. And now all my friends too have significant others. Significant others. Yeah. And yeah. like the plus one thing is it's tough, but we are kind of getting into that and that's been a little bit stressful, but we haven't really narrowed it down yet. So still some stuff to work on that. Um, I'm trying to think what else is really stressful. I just, we haven't really gotten to a point has gotten really stressful. And because I watched my sister's wedding, she got married last February. Oh, please tell them how that played out. Oh, well, it's, well, I think <laughs> that, was that it was good for me. Week. Yeah. It was good for me to go through that. So my sister Meredith, she got married in February in Austin and not only did she get married during COVID, but she got married the week after the Texas freeze. It was wild y'all. It was literally like a once in a lifetime experience. And I actually had a wedding in San Antonio that weekend. And I thought it was Valentine's day. And I would spent me and Hunter spent Valentine's day in the San Antonio airport with two oh of our friends. Gosh. And we were just like, at this point, do we drive to Austin from San Antonio? But we had friends who were driving back from that wedding and said it took them three hours, which it's normally an hour drive. Yeah. It was just such a crazy week. And she, it, it turned out so beautiful. So pretty. I wasn't there, but I saw all the pictures, stocked it all. It was stunning. It was stunning. such a miracle. And it was almost like magical because of the snow on the ground. And it was, it hadn't all melted yet. But yeah, she had that and she had a venue change and they called her. And they lost power. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like uh, thankfully the venue had power and so did the rehearsal dinner. So everything. It else, all worked out. It but... all worked out. But I just it was really stressful watching her go through all that. So now I feel like I have been you're, trying to like not get my hopes or like you're better set. equipped to deal with it. If stressful things come about, right, perhaps. right. I'm just trying not to be too set on something. Cause I now know that, you know, things can change with the everything's of the out of your control. Yeah. It's very much out of my control in certain stuff and situations. So yeah, just like that having that mindset, I think has helped me not be as stressed. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Have you thought at all about the bachelorette weekend party yet? Anywhere you might want to go in particular? Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe my sister did Cabo and we stayed at this one house and we really loved it and they were so great. And you know, with, you know, Airbnbs and stuff like that, you don't you really just know. never know. Yeah. Yeah. Until you get there. And so just the fact that I know that this place was great and it was on the beach in Cabo, which is really hard to find. And it was really close to Flora Farms, which is one of my favorite restaurants ever. Yes. And so I definitely want to do that. And, you know, the service and the staff there were just so, so accommodating. And just like knowing that they're great. I kind of want to do it there. Yeah. I actually reached out to the guy who owns the house just to see what his available dates are. And he's pretty open this summer, which is when I probably would do it um, before hurricane season. Oh, for yeah. Because sure, you don't want to get stuck. There. Add, a, yeah, add another uh, weather problem to yes. your list. Yes. That but, sounds so fun, though. And you gave me the information on the guy after your sister went because my yes. friends and I were all like, what is this place? Yes. <laughs> it looks so cool. It's called Casa La Laguna. If anyone's ever been there, you know it. You might not just, want to tell people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't want them to steal your dates. <laughs> That's so true. Um, okay. So what's next on your list? Have you secured a band or photographer? Any floral ideas? So our photographer, we actually just signed with, and I actually found him through a mutual friend who used him for a wedding like last fall and just kind of followed him since. And he kind of does more film photography, okay, which I like just because I like the style of it. And a lot of his work, like the pictures you can sense people's emotion in it. And I okay. know it sounds like, yeah, like every wedding photographer is like that, but I just, all those pictures just like have a lot. They of, spoke to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they just, and I kind of like how they're not perfect. Like some of them are kind of like a little blurry or like yeah. black and white, or I don't know, just kind of like a shot that's like not so clear. And I know it sounds weird, but I really like that style. It just seems more natural. Right. And because he's a guy, I think that Hunter might feel more comfortable in front of the camera. Okay. Him. I don't know why I have this feeling that like it'll make him feel a little bit easier because he doesn't really like the whole photography family photo session. Is he going to do your engagement 
portraits too. Yes. Uh, yes. So our, um, our wedding planner really encouraged us to do it. We didn't want to do it at first because okay. we're just like not, I don't know. We don't really like candid photos of ourselves. That's kind of also why we didn't have the photographer for the engagement, but she really encouraged us to do it because she said it helps with, you know, getting to know the photographer and his style and it helps warm you up. Yeah. Right. Right. So you, you just have a better idea of how the day is going to go. And like photography wise, those pictures are, you're going to have them forever. And so she's like, I really encourage couples to do that because I feel like it helps you, you know, just like learn your photographer's style. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just comparing what we were saying earlier with like getting engaged and having a photographer there when you're not knowing you're being photographed. Mm -hmm. And this is different because he'll be directing you. He'll be telling you, okay, move this way, put your hand on his chest. He'll be like Mm -hmm. giving you direction hopefully, but all I can say is micro movements. That's key. Yes, no, I, (laughs) it helps. I definitely, it's funny because like my whole family kind of does that now. I've like taught them like you like kind of move a little bit, move your shoulder back, like change the way your head's tilted. Yes, it really does help. You just don't really, you need options right? and you won't have options if you don't change it up with each camera click. Right. So. Exactly. And so I have a little bit of help in that department, but Hunter just, he doesn't really like photos of himself. Yeah. And so, I mean, no one, no really one really does, does. <laughs> but I really like this photographer and he, we've, only had a few phone conversations, but we'll probably do an engagement session kind of closer to the date. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah, we have that down. Very exciting. Um, okay. And then I have one other question and then I have some listener questions. Some people from Instagram submitted some questions, but what's one thing you wish you knew about wedding planning that you didn't before? Uh, I guess just like how expensive everything is. I, I feel like everyone, kind of knows that going into it, but you don't realize like until you see the actual ticket price, exactly. Like just like <laughs> the bill, s- silly little things that you wouldn't think are so expensive, but they are because you need 250 of them or right. something like that. It adds up. Um, it's, I guess that's one thing I guess. Well, Cause I watched my sister's wedding just happen. And so I was kind of immersed in that and know more things. Cause watching someone so close to you, go through that. Right. Um, it's just, I guess, helps me a little bit. You feel a little more prepared, more prepared. And my parents just went through it too. So they're more prepared on this time, but in like every contract that we sign, like there's some COVID thing in it. I think of course the stipulations, like if things ramp back up or yes. like this new, ugh, this new variant <laughs> yes. we're now seeing, well, I'm obviously sending good vibes your way. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully we're praying that nothing happens, but we do every contract that we have has some type of clause in there that we are like, if you know, protected, you want to be protected in case things go haywire. Yes. yes. Especially like, I mean, rescheduling is not a big deal. It's I think the money situation, like making sure you're getting your your money money back. back, Right. It's, it's their livelihood, obviously, too. Right. So you want to make sure that they're protected, but you also want to be yes, protected. Yes. <laughs> I think that's important. Okay. So now moving on to some listener questions, somebody asked, what brand of shoes are you thinking about getting for your wedding day? Do you have any ideas of the style? Would you prefer something more comfortable or are you really wanting to go like really pretty tall, high heels? Like, what are you thinking there? So for me, I like pretty things, but I also want to be comfortable like most people. Right. Um, I tried on a few Manolo Blahnik, like the classic, like buckle. What's the, what's that style called with like the rhinestone buckle? Oh, the Hangizi or yes, whatever it's called. Yes. I'm probably saying it wrong. No, I, I pronounce <laughs> everything wrong, but <laughs> I tried on a few pairs of those when I was at Saks in New York and I really like them. They're really comfortable. Um, and I tried on a few different colors because I think for me, you know, investing in like a nice pair of shoes like this, I want to wear them more than once, more than once. Right. And so I've always like thought I would do like a classic, like white bridal shoe, but now I'm kind of thinking I want to do a color that I can wear a lot after just because it is like a bright or like a, a silver like a bright, a gray. Like maybe like it might be my, I don't have my something blue yet. Oh so yeah. Maybe some, I like might go for like a blue color or something like they that. They did have like a softer blue that I thought yes. was pretty. Yeah. They have like a soft blue. They have like a cobalt, a cobalt. They have like a Navy velvet one, Okay, Ooh. which I kind of liked, but. I do think like with my shoes, I always thought I wanted like a classic white bridal shoe, but now I'm kind of thinking I want to be able to wear these shoes outside of a wedding. Totally. And white shoes are kind of hard to wear. Like there's not really an occasion that you can wear them for other than Especially like a pump. If it's a sandal, I feel like 
they'd be easier to wear, but it is an October wedding right. and pumps are probably a little easier to wear with a yeah. dress like that. I don't know. Cause you, your toes might get. No. Yeah. I definitely want some sort of back just cause you, I've done Deb before too. And it's so much easier to walk in a big dress when it has a back like that. So yeah. it doesn't like slip off your feet. Snag. Not, yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to like shuffle your feet. Either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cause you want to walk normally down the aisle. Yes. So. Yes. So I really don't have a specific shoe in mind, but something, I don't know, something really fun and elegant, but I might do it in another color. I really haven't gotten too far on that, but that's fun. Yeah. We'll report back on that later. (laughs) Have you received any engagement or wedding presents yet? And if, if so, any favorites? And then if not, where will you register? Yeah. Um, so I haven't really gotten wedding gifts, like as like a couple, but after I got engaged, I got a bunch of little gifts. Like you gave me the cutest little Baccarat crystal ring holder, which is so, so pretty. And like, it's like one of my favorite things. I'm so glad you like yes, it. Yes. Yes. No, I, <laughs> I wanted think to get you some special. Is, that is something that is like so, so nice to have. Um, and then like one of my friends got me one of the funny, like El Arroyo ornaments. Yeah. This is like 90% of marriage is shouting what from across the room. <laughs> I, I love that. Funny. Yeah. Like we do that all the time. And too. seasonally appropriate since yes. you got engaged right before yes. the holidays. I thought that was a cute gift. We've got tons of bottles of champagne. Like love it. Almost too Stock much. the bar. Yeah. So every party that we go to, we bring a bottle of champagne because we don't really drink champagne. Like, right. I mean, I guess, yeah, we do like before. Like, it's a great re-gift events. item. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I just like, I feel bad because we got so many that we are like, what do we do with all these bottles? Yeah. of champagne um and then oh my sister gave me like a little jewelry cleaner like a oh, little yeah. pen which i thought was like a really good is it idea. the one from the houston diamond lady I don't know where it's from. I can't remember what the Instagram account is called, but I swear people are always talking about this ring cleaner from mm-hmm. this jewelry person in Houston. So I, I think she is. She like, is in Houston. So maybe yes. it is, but I don't know. It's like a little gold bottle. So I don't know if it is. Maybe it is. I haven't really read it, but I use it pretty often too, just because like hairspray and like residue and stuff like that. I don't really ever Lo- take my ring off. Lotion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. And so I think that's, if you're having a friend who just got engaged, I think that's a really good gift because it's not too expensive or anything either. So do you have any idea where you're going to register? Um, not really. We haven't really talked. We have a lot of friends in Houston and Hunter's families from Houston. And so probably like bearings because yeah. it's easy for them to get gifts. Right. Just like, I, I really love blueprints, like tablescapes. Oh so yeah. For China, I think I'll probably register at blueprint and probably just like, I don't know, like crate and barrel, like places like that, which is like little random things that you need in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really not sure. I haven't looked too much into it and that's probably something we'll need to be doing here in the next few months. But that's sort of a fun activity y'all can do together. I always, mm-hmm. I always enjoy in movies when they show yeah. those scenes where they're going around and like scanning things yes. that they want to keep. Is that a real thing? Do people do that? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like what you do. But we already live together, so we kind of already have stuff, a lot of stuff. And our kitchen storage space is very limited, so we probably don't need, like, more kitchen items. Right. Um, But just, like, little things like china and stuff like that and nice glasses. Right. Maybe a nice new set of silverware or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that will probably... Serving items. mm -hmm, Like, more on our registry. Yeah. Fun. Um, Yeah. All right. Here's another listener question. Are there any celebrity or famous person weddings that you look to for inspiration or ones that you just really loved? Well, I mean, working for you, I'm so exposed to the royal wedding scene. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've kind of become obsessed with that. But I I mean, like, I honestly love Kate's dress to Megan's, but I love like Megan's rehearsal dinner, well, not rehearsal dinner, it's her after party dress, like the white. Yes, the Stella McCartney yes. kind of halter. It was sort of a lower, I think it was lower back. I'm like trying to pick it right now but yes that was beautiful yeah like I love like little details about royal weddings and you know the the picture of princess Beatrice I think and she's Mm -hmm. coming out of the chapel and there's like flowers all over the door and they're kind of peeking out I need to look at that I'm like I can't picture that there's like some like really like it's like a fame I feel like it's everywhere I see I go where I see it everywhere. And I love that picture. Like, I don't know what it is. Could you recreate it? I, I mean, that's the thing is I don't want to like recreate it because I feel yeah. like that never works out. <laughs> yeah. Just like posing her on the court. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a princess. And so whatever <laughs> no, you, will, you will be that day. We're, we're not getting married in a chapel. I don't right. think either. So we probably couldn't, but I like, I love that. Um, I'm trying to think like 
celebrity weddings i feel like i don't really stalk yeah i don't really pay attention to that i do pay attention to dresses like i was Mm -hmm. honestly surprised at how much i liked paris hilton's dress i was about to say that (laughs) that's funny because that dress it was very much before like kate's wedding dress Mm -hmm. kate middleton's but yes and i actually like knew someone who was gonna try on that dress and then they saw paris was wearing it and they're like well i can't do that too late yeah it's beautiful though yeah okay one more question and then we'll close it out what are kind of your main colors for the wedding. Now that you've picked the venue, do you have an idea what you want in terms of colors for flowers and bridesmaids dresses and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing? So I kind of made like a little mood board. That was one of the first things that I did with my wedding planner. She just was like trying to get a better idea. The style I wanted, especially because I had switched venues. I really wanted to do Vermont. And then we switched to Fredericksburg, which are completely different. Right. Like styles. And so I made this mood board and like a Pinterest board and kind of shared it with her. And a lot of the colors that I'm pulling are like kind of like deeper pinks, like okay. kind of like magenta. Wow. Like okay. Fuchsia and stuff like that, which like I never like thought like I wanted like a really pink wedding. Right. Kind of like those colors um, I'm kind of pulling in. But well, it's sort of unexpected for fall. And mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Well, because it's I've never imagined having a fall wedding. And like, to be honest, I don't like really like deep reds and stuff I guess like in well, flowers. Well I think that's your Texas in you. Yeah yeah probably. <laughs> no maroon or burgundy I don't for know. us. Yeah just like in my and that's when my wedding planner was asking me she was like what colors do you not like and I was like I really don't like like really deep reds. When and it comes you don't want to like, do burn orange anymore. Yeah you've, you've no, done that. <laughs> burn oranges I'm very burnt out on yeah. burnt orange. <laughs> Weren't a lot of it and was not happy with this season so we're kind of boycotting but um no just and I do have actually like a lot of like marigold like kind of like deeper yellow colors okay which I I don't know I like never like really pictured that but like everything I was pulling was kind of like a similar color that's cool yeah I wouldn't have expected that from you either I'm excited to see the end result yeah and so I kind of had to like switch gears because like when I was doing Vermont it was a lot of like pastel-y colors yeah now it's a little bit deeper colors um but for bridesmaid dresses I'm actually going to let them pick their dresses that's so nice of you yes (laughs) which I'm I, I feel like some people that makes them very nervous, but because I am looking at dresses all day, every day, I kind of have an idea of like what I want them to wear and I want them to all be different. Um, but within like my color schemes, right. so I, I'm basically going to give them like, you know, like here are kind of the colors I like, and here is a collage of dresses that I'm thinking about. And if they want to pick one of those dresses, that's great. That makes it so much easier for them and me. Or if, if they find one and present it to you yes, or something. Or if they have a dress already that kind yeah. of looks like that, like I wouldn't even really care because no one really like pays attention that much. I guess. Right. Wedding. I don't know. I I really wanted like the bridesmaids to feel comfortable in what they're wearing. Right. Just because I don't know. I feel like I don't see that many pictures from people's weddings with the bridesmaids in them. That's so true. When you go to people's houses, it's photos of the family mm-hmm. It's or photos of the couple. It's not right. photos with their groomsmen and bridesmaids. Right. I don't even know what my mom's bridesmaids were. Like I've, I think oh, I've, I seen, do. <laughs> I've seen a few pictures, but I can't even remember. And so I just wanted to make sure that, you know, they obviously like go with the color scheme and like look good in pictures, but I want them to wear what they feel comfortable in. And I want to make sure that like they get to, you know, pick the style or don't have to spend too much on a dress if they don't want to. I think that's that's hard. Very generous because I've been in a couple of weddings and in one, we tried on some dresses and the skinniest girl there was the one who basically decided the dress and the rest of us were like, um, we all have huge boobs yes. and we're doing a strapless dress. Okay. Yes. And then there was, um, another wedding where all the dresses were like backless. Oh my gosh. Again, not great for people with big boobs. So it's those, those kinds of things when you can choose the style at mm-hmm. least, or give people more than one option, I think is really, really kind. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying not to be, I don't know, too controlling. Cause I've, at the end of the day, like you want your bridesmaids to be happy too, because that kind of sets the whole mood. And like, if they don't like, I, this is personally for me, if I don't like what I'm wearing, I'm in the worst mood. Right. And so I just want to make sure that they have fun and they get to wear what they want to wear and, you know, be able to wear the dress again. Cause I think that's the other thing too, is when you buy like this really expensive dress, when it's a bridesmaid's dress yes, too, it's not, you don't really not wear, wear it again. again. And I don't want anyone to feel like they're like wasting money by spending money on a dress. They can't wear again. Right. So, yeah. So I haven't really, I haven't sent that out yet. 
yet, but like kind of when it gets probably like a few months from now, I'll start doing that and sending it to them and give them, you know, a deadline, probably like a I month or two I want to see that collage. Yeah. I want to see that collage you work I'll on. I'll send it to you. <laughs> That's so fun. Well, I'm so glad you were able to come on today yes. and give us some info about your wedding. I'm excited to see it progress and see kind of the choices you make. That's fun for me since I haven't yes. ever done this myself. Yeah. So it's I'm fun. Excited. I'm excited. I feel like I didn't give a bunch of answers because we're so early in the wedding planning process. I feel like you did. I feel like you shared a lot and y'all have only been engaged for like a month and a half. Right. So I, I'm impressed with how much you've done and figured out already. Yeah. I feel like you kind of have to jump on it now because so many oh, people for are sure. getting married. Do you have any other final words of advice for other brides-to-be or future brides-to-be? I don't know, not really like for brides to be, but just anyone in general who has friends who've been dating for a long time, don't ask when they're getting engaged. <laughs> I feel like that's just, I don't know, that question I was has irritated you a lot for so long. And I just think that, you know, everyone is on a different timeline and plan. And I now hear this to my friends who are dating people for a long time. Like when I'm around them and we kind of talk about wedding stuff and they turn to them and they're like, so when are you getting engaged? <laughs> it's, it's just it's, something that's so personal. And I think I got really annoyed right up until like it happened but uh that's just my little rant I I mean I think many people can fully relate like I can when people are like are you dating someone when are you gonna have kids don't you want those it's just too that's such a personal question and you also just never know like if that couple is like wanting to get married or maybe she is or he isn't or the other way around you just don't know so they're already having a fight about it at home like you're gonna start (laughs) something else yeah I just think like sometimes or not sometimes I think that question is a little invasive unless they totally. bring it up. If they bring it up, then like, I feel like it's totally fine to talk about it. But otherwise, otherwise, just like <laughs> keep to yourself. Word smile. to the wise. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've said this like three times now, but thank you yeah. so much for <laughs> coming on the podcast. Of and course. I will have you back sometime soon. And in the meantime, if you guys have questions for Liza that she can answer on a future yeah. episode, <laughs> send them in, call the hotline at 214-620-0473. And we will talk to you next time, Liza. Well, guys, that's it for this week's episode. I was going to do beck and call a Q&A segment this week, but we are over the hour mark already. That was a fun conversation with Liza, and I'm so glad she was willing to share a little bit about her wedding plans. Uh, Next week, like I said, I'll be doing a bonus episode with all Q&A questions. So you can look forward to that and be sure to submit your questions at 214-620-0473. You can also submit them to email info at beckandcallpodcast.com. In the meantime, be sure to follow along at Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram and be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. Bye. 